Hey, chiropractors, we're ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Welcome. I am excited to bring you this podcast. I'm actually interviewing Dr. Sebastian Gonzalez of Restoring Human Movement podcast. Uh, Many of you know him from his podcast, but uh, he's someone I'm bringing on because I want to discuss how to become a creator and how to get over all the uh, impediments in the way. Um, A little bit of a back back story is uh, Sebastian and I have known each other for probably 12 years now, never met in person, but uh, he he actually during this episode pulls up an email from one of the first correspondences, probably back I think it was 2010 or 11, uh, where we started kind of going back and forth a little bit on certain things he was doing, certain things I was doing. I was, I'm down here in Florida, he's out there in California, but he's always been creating content. And and as I look over my 17 year career, I've been creating content as well. Uh, now. It doesn't mean you have to have a podcast or you have to have an audience of chiropractors, but uh, as you'll see, um, both Dr. Gonzalez and myself, we not only create content for chiropractors, but we also create a lot of content in our community, and it's been a driving force in growing our practice and, and frankly, positioning ourselves in the community as someone to seek out. Um, He still has a busy practice and is doing everything um, on top of that, so you can do it. There, there is time. I remember um, years ago, probably seven or eight years ago, uh, I heard someone tell me once, and I, I took it to heart, was that if you feel like your plate is full, uh, just get a bigger plate, right? And uh, I know that's sometimes tricky. Certain times of life, certain seasons of life are, are harder than others. Um, but I always use that little um, phrase or saying to to really try to look for ways where I can get a bigger plate and be able to do the things that I know are going to move the needle um, without taking away from the essence of life, right? Uh, So this interview is great. I love having him on. I've had him on my podcast before. This one, the Modern Desk Jockey podcast I had, uh, we've we've collaborated. It's always good to catch up uh, with him. Uh, Before we dive into that, this is the first episode since we actually had our first weekend of the MCM Mastermind down here in Florida, and it was everything I was hoping it to be and more, uh, and that is mainly due to uh, the help of Jay Greenstein being the presenter that weekend and facilitating it, and the members of the Mastermind all working together on high-level thinking to improve their already thriving practices, and it was just exciting to really work together on things. Um, We did one right out of the gates which was like a team challenge that we had to work together on. And uh, you can Google the the marshmallow challenge or the, I don't know if it's the spaghetti and marshmallow challenge or whatever, but it was really eye-opening and great. And it was a great way to kick it off into some deep dive learning. And then just the conversations uh, over dinner, over drinks, over the boat cruise we went on. Uh, it just was a great weekend. Uh, excited for April in St. Augustine, Florida. And then Sarasota, Florida in July, and then Key Largo in November. Um, keep your eyes out for 2023. If you didn't make it into the, the master, if you didn't join the mastermind this year, look into it in 2023. We will be doing it uh, each year. Um, it is at a certain level. There is some qualifications. Um, it is kind of invite or 
uh, interview-based, and we're trying to make sure that we cultivate a great 15 to 20 member mastermind that everybody is working together to grow. So uh, with that said, here is my interview with Dr. Sebastian Gonzalez. All right, Doc, welcome to the show again. I always appreciate having conversations with you. Our history has been kind of long now, I think probably 11, 12 years. I've, I've told the story before, but I, I don't want to fall into that curse of knowledge and just assume everybody's heard that. But, you know, I think we were exchanging some website ideas probably 2011 or so, and then we've kept in touch over, over time. And we now both have podcasts. We've touched based on having you on my original podcast, which was the modern desk jockey, which not a lot of people remember or even heard, but we had nice 88 episodes of that podcast. That's how I cut my teeth on podcasting. And you even took over one of my last episodes and, and it was your show for my podcast, which was a unique idea. I got some from someone else. So welcome to the show. Introduce yourself a little bit to our audience who has not heard of you. Yeah, I'm Sebastian Gonzalez. I practice in Costa Mesa, California, so Southern California. If everyone's familiar with John Wayne Airport, it's right around there. I've been in practice for like 12 years now. And yeah, we did meet a long time ago. I'm looking, actually looking at my emails. I keep them all. We met and we emailed. I think I referred you somebody in 2010. So this has been a long time. But yeah, I went to uh, LACC and had a big background in soft tissue, ART, adjusting. And then things have migrated and changed over years. I've learned things. And then we spent, I've spent a lot of time doing YouTube. I've spent a lot of time podcasting now. Other social medias I'm unaware of, but if you guys are looking for information about YouTube and podcasting and just content creation, I can hopefully help you guys out with some information today. Yep. Yeah. And that's what we're going to chat about. We're going to, we're really going to just talk about being a creator. You know, our audience is mostly chiropractors. We do have other professionals. We have some marketers and things of that nature. And you and I both being chiropractors, but also creators outside of that, um, I think has a unique aspect to it. And I know, as I talk to a lot of chiropractors, they're always concerned about like, how do I, you know, treat patients, but also be a creator. So my, my first question after that long uh, preamble is how did you get started? Like what was kind of your early creating that you were doing? So the first stuff was actually YouTube. If you guys actually go to my YouTube channel now and you go search by date, these ones are still up there. Their videos when I was actually pre-graduating, I was having, I was noticing a trend with some of the patients I would see in the PPR. And so people would ask, like we'd give them dead bugs and bird dogs and things like that, like just general exercises. At the time, I thought that it was adequate to just give them the videos or at least as reminders, because they would ask, do you have a video of this? How am I going to remember? And so it was mainly to serve that purpose of duplicating myself and giving them something that they can use. And YouTube was something of the time that was really the only video platform. So I set up this camera that had those little, like, what are those little cassette tapes? Not the big one, but the little one. Oh, yeah. Um, it was like pre-USB. It was still on like a Firewire. These videos are absolutely terrible. Mm -hmm. And I didn't wear anything. It was like baggy basketball shorts bad lighting, but I made a bunch of them mainly for that purpose. But eventually I made some of discussions or topics I would talk to people about, Hey, what's wrong with my hip flexor. And so rather than I didn't have time to really talk about it in the session, I said, like, I made a video that kind of describes what's going on with you. Uh, eventually those videos became popular. And that's where I decided that creating was something that's going to be beneficial to business. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a, a key part of it is it's, it's helpful for your patients. It's helpful for your community. It's helpful for positioning yourself as a, a as an expert. And obviously it's beneficial for business when you get down that, that rabbit hole. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because what, what had me reach out to have you on again was, you know, I talked to a lot of chiropractors and a lot of them mentioned your podcast that you currently have. And, and I've listened to it as well. I think I was, I was a guest on it also. And I know you have kind of a unique podcast where some of it is related to us professionals, us chiropractors and such, probably even physical therapists and trainers. And some's for just the information is great for patients. Um, can you confirm or deny that? And if so, uh, what's your strategy? With <laughs> well, so it's, it's changed over the years. Um, yep. Originally, the podcast started as, I would say the first 50 episodes was patient, 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 mm -hmm. very friendly. And then it became, how many times can you talk about a hip flexor? And I was bored. And so mm -hmm. I was like, I'm selfish. I'm going to start interviewing other people like you. I want to learn about some business stuff and marketing mm -hmm. and so on. And then I realized at some point after around episode 200 again, that what is this podcast doing for me? Do I need, do I still want to speak to other clinicians about stuff like this? And I, I, I do, but also there was like, I feel like I was apologizing every three episodes about patients or lay public. You can turn this one right off because they're not going to be interested whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And so I know you had the dual podcast, so I'm sure you had the same struggle. I have currently changed it into the foreseeable future as lay public targeted, but also um, as I've come to learn over the years about like discussing things with patients, like I don't want to make them that complicated anyways. Yeah. And I think that would help clinicians learn a little bit more mm -hmm. about how to communicate with patients. So for a, for the actual clinician, we have a paid podcast now, but it's, it's a paid version. It's a, yeah. we call it the premium. And so they can opt into that. So that's mm -hmm. how I divided them up versus just making them completely different. Does that answer the question? Yeah, that's perfect. Cause you know, it's interesting that I want to touch on something, you know, I had the modern desk jockey podcast before, which was geared towards the desk worker was the audience, right? So we wanted to do everything health and wellness for the desk worker. And I interviewed people, I did solo episodes and and really try to educate that desk worker. And what I found, I was getting a lot of chiropractors reaching out to me and ergonomists and PTs, and they were listening to the show because speaking to the, the desk jockey or the desk worker gave them information that was useful for their patients or desk workers. And it was done in a way that could get rid of some of that jargon in doctor speak, right? So I think a lot of clinicians struggle with conveying what's in their head to the patient that where they can digest it. And so if you have a podcast that's doing that for them, you'll still find that clinicians will listen to it. Are you finding that? Yeah, I am. And, and I always like, I don't apologize about it really, but I just give them like the reality of it is like, this is lay public friendly. If you're mm -hmm. looking for research nerd stuff, it's in the other podcast. There's a reason why I'm saying that, you know, someone with sciatica shouldn't stretch their hamstring. I'm aware that if they're stretching their sciatic nerve and I don't want them to tension the nerve bundle, which is pissed mm -hmm. off because it's whatever. I'm saying it in specific terms for this specific group listening to it. Mm -hmm. And so if anyone ever comes back and says, well, that's not technically what's happening. I said, you're right, mm -hmm. but it's not for you. The mm -hmm. other podcast is for you. Mm -hmm. So that's, but that's the, that's the way I've made it easy for myself because mm -hmm. you can't really entertain the idea of being, you can't be super technical for the clinician, but also make it easy for the patient. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So it's, I had that conversation earlier. Um, the whole TMD TMJ thing, right? Like 
if you were having a podcast for clinicians, you would probably reference it appropriately as TMD. But if you said TMD and your end user and listener was, was a, a lay person, they would have no idea what TMD is, you know, but they would know what it's TMJ, a, right? That's exactly right. And, yeah. and I don't, I, I'm not sure where your stance is in this, but mm-hmm. like degenerative disc disease, I think it's hogwash in regards to the way that it's termed and everything. I think mm-hmm. it's disabling to the patient and so on. Either way, I might do a whole podcast about degenerative disc disease, even whether I believe it's really a symptom generator or not. But, but the patient is concerned that that is their symptom generator and arguing that to death in the podcast is not the hill I'm going to die on. I'm just educating the public. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, and I think a a lot of clinicians could benefit from understanding what they're going to get. And it brings me to another little sidebar topic that I I want my audience to, to get, because a lot of chiropractors, they struggle to get out of the, out of the blocks with creating content. Cause they're, they're like afraid people are going to judge them or they're going to make a mistake in what they said, or their colleagues are going to call them out for the wrong thing. This or that. And it's like, well, your audience again is not your colleagues. If you're shooting YouTube videos for your community or writing blogs for your community or, or any creation for the general public, um, don't worry about the nuances of language and, and that type of stuff as it pertains to, to the medical. Now, obviously don't be egregious. Don't be completely wrong. Don't make stuff up. We're not saying that, but don't worry about your colleagues, you know, saying, Oh, you should have said TMD, not TMJ or, or the like, you know? So, yeah, I have a friend who really got reamed by somebody about using the jelly donut analogy for a disc. <laughs> you know, it's like patients resonate well with that. I don't yeah. fully agree with the analogy. I'm sure there's other things that can mm-hmm. be added to it, but uh, let's get on with it. You know, like mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. So I completely agree with you. We don't make stuff up, but you don't have to be super technical either. Yeah. Um, yeah. So ha- so your question, I guess your question was how to create content without worrying about that or? Yeah, I think it's a great, like, what are some of your thoughts on that? Because I think it's a roadblock for a lot of chiropractors. Yeah, I think maybe starting with a topic you feel familiar with and you feel comfortable with. And that might be something simple as here's three best ways that I've found to stretch tight hamstrings. Whether that's clinically relevant or not, this is what you've found to work with your end, end, uh, with your end case of one, which might be you. And that's called a case study. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with presenting that. But I'm not saying that it's a meta-analysis about hamstring, stud, uh, hamstring length. So just finding out what works well for you. I, I found that I, I kind of gather treatment styles from different camps like DNS and McKenzie's and McGill's and so on. And so I, I'm quite honest with my, with my listeners and watchers about that this works for some people, but not others. And it does give you a little bit more of an out, but in, in, full, in full disclosure, it is complete honesty. Like we have some people doing McKenzie press ups, which fare very well, and other people it just makes them ridiculous. And it's it's pertinent. It's the person's problem that's li- the listening or the watcher. We don't know anything about them, and so giving them that full dis- uh, t- transparency disclaimer about it, it obviously makes it a little bit more complicated for the person because they say, "Well, now I'm more confused, and I don't know if I should do this or not." Right? You should be seeing somebody. That's why we exist. We're basically guides to help you figure out what you should do next. And we need to figure out the information and you need to help us find it. And then we work on it as a team. So that's the way I would probably get over the hump. Just feeling comfortable with something, giving yourself an out. You can always say, I reserve the right to change my mind later. 
this video might be 10 years old, which I would take a lot back a lot of the words I said in those videos now, mm-hmm. but they're still up and no one, no one hates me for it. They're just, uh, I'm sure that you probably recognize as a content creator, you kind of see like, oh, move you, you guys say it. Okay. You guys say it. Okay. It's not technical, but it's good. It's fun. It's, it's okay. You know? Yeah. So you won't usually content creators won't bash each other. Yeah, because we we realize we're we're going out on a limb in a lot of ways, and that's like something I reference a lot. I wrote a golf fitness manual back with Dr. Mark Hawkins. We we wrote that in probably 2008, and you know it was good. We we self published it. It's it, it was good for the time. We have still even to this day some professional golf coaching uh, career colleges that purchase it as their manual, um, but. 2022 versus 2008, a whole lot's changed in golf fitness training, right? And so would I say that that book needs a second volume or second edition? Yes. Am I going to write it? No, (laughs) but I'm still proud of it. You know, it's still, it it has merit and especially for the time, it's definitely got its flaws, but it was something that really, really was my early part of sitting down and creating something. And it, I, I think served me well, not in just what was in the content, but also just getting practice in creating content. And I'm sure it probably helped you organize your thoughts better. It helped you probably relate to the patients better, yep. you know, yep. about complex concepts made simple. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that's all helpful, you know, writing it down, organizing your thoughts. I, so we actually have a part of a part of the content creation that we have is there's obviously YouTube and podcast and, but there's a time and place for written content as you kind of found with the golf thing. I, I did PDFs for a while and then I started recently hosting them on the website and we've gotten feedback from some, most people don't care, but some people are like, well, I want a PDF. I'm used to a PDF ebook. Why won't you give me that? And why can't you make that available to us? And we're like, look, it's the reason it's on the website. It's a living, breathing thing that I continue to change. That way you don't have old information. So that helps me feel a little bit better about putting written information out is because I know I can go back and change it as I learn a little bit more. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And I think ultimately when you start doing it, you'll get better and it can go to the next level on something. Like for me, that was the first book I I wrote. Then I kind of co-authored with a few of my other docs at the time, like in 2016, the Desk Jockey Manifesto, which is just a little self-published book that we did on, on the desk worker. And then it led to, you know, Parker publishing my book on, on marketing, which they did extremely professionally. So if you compare the progression from book one to book three is quite a bit of improvement for various reasons. And so you, you just got to get better. You got to practice. Um, you got, you got to keep at it. Just like you said, like you're, your early videos on YouTube compared to your videos now are going to be quite a bit different. All right, docs, here is a new opportunity for you from Darcy Sullivan of Propel. She is our SEO specialist in helping out many chiropractors uh, with their search engine optimization and making sure Google is finding you and getting you new patients. It's amazing how many new patients chiropractors can get and are getting when they do uh, the SEO right and a few other things. And Darcy is offering a free SEO workshop just for chiropractors. And you can sign up for that at bit.ly, bit.ly slash propel MCM. That is bit.ly, bit.ly, propel MCM, modern chiropractic marketing, right? And so check out that link. And we're going to have you go over five SEO secrets to owning the first page of Google 
uh, without buying ads. And Darcy's going to give that free workshop one hour to really help grow your practice and start churning new patients from the ever mighty Google, which is still king in the online marketing. So check that out at bit.ly slash propel MCM for the one hour free workshop. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and you know, you can't change things like bad lighting and video grainy videos and so on, but I'm sure like, let's just say if you had your, you know, the manifesto, like, and you wanted to recreate that, I wouldn't worry about bad pictures at the moment. Just the hardest thing is just starting and writing. So just start, you can change it later. And you know, the sad thing is if you, did you print books actually that one by chance? Yeah. Yeah. So, so the printed ones you can't change. We have a bunch of printed books on like one topic is low back pain. And I have like 50 of them sit in my office because we mail them out. Mm-hmm. And I already want to change it. You know? And like, yeah. I kind of want to get rid of them so I could just print more of that better one. But mm-hmm. so written, you can't change unless it's a living, breathing version. But, but yeah, things get better. Things always get better. As well, you that's get why you look at, you look at college textbooks. There's always like the fifth edition, sixth edition, because that's their method of changing it and probably getting more money for you making, having to buy new books. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't, the only one really that sticks true to, you know, making it real is Netter's. Yeah, yes, exactly. Exactly. No, no doubt about it. And, and so one of the things I, I wanted to, to ask is on the topic of improving, I'm going to give a little story and then I'm, I'm going to ask you like how you have improved. But I recently, you know, I've been a big avid listener of Tim Ferriss's podcast and obviously he's pretty uh, skilled at it. Now he had released an audio they found of his first actual live presentation at um, South by Southwest, probably 2007, where he was first discussing the four-hour work week and the book hadn't come out yet. And, And listening to that audio, listening to his communication ability then, it was pretty bad. And in listening to him now, it's it's pretty world class in a lot of ways. And so the, the moral of the story is, is like even the people you look at now that produce content and do it very effectively did not start out that way. So for you personally, what are some of the things you've noticed that you've improved on over the years with your communication? Yeah, I, I think um, at least for YouTube videos, I can say that I think I do a better job of the flow or organization. Mm-hmm. You know, typically a YouTube video would be, hey, in this video, we're going to cover X, Y, and Z. Stay tuned to the very end of the video. I have a really good stretch at the very end or whatever, right? So there's organization based upon keeping the audience retention. I'd love to say I got better at ums, and, but I don't know if I have. I've listened to my audio. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I, I feel like I can do better, but I just let it go. I think I've been done better at doing continual roles, like with our YouTube videos, I don't need any editing unless I'm trying to uh, relay something specific or do B-roll on the video. Mm -hmm. I can go straight front to back in about a 10, 15 minute spurt without stopping whatsoever. So I feel more comfortable at at the quality of information that I can relay. And I don't feel, maybe I don't feel as bad about the mistakes or the imperfections, but I feel like the the information is quality enough where I'm like, okay, that's a wrap. That's good. That allows me to get more production done without fussing about all the small perfections or imperfections in that for that matter. But a podcast, I don't know about you. I don't really edit podcasts unless someone specifically asked me to, but I just kind of leave it all. I'll do a front front end that you have the, probably you do the intro. 
Yeah. You do the body of it and then you have exits and music and so on. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think I just gotten better at just not caring maybe. Yeah. You know, because part of it is like, you're not going to, you're not expected to be an A-list actor. I think that's something where some people have a hard time because they expect to be this perfection and everything to be perfect and, and all that. No one's expecting a, a local chiropractor or even on a podcast that may have a national audience to be this, you know, fully syndicated, syndicated, produced perfection. Hey doc, are you moving office spaces or you're a startup with your own new space or you're like me where you need renovations because it's starting to look a little worn after about 10 years like ours is? Um, Crossfield's chiropractic office design is here to elevate you wherever you're at and they're going to help maximize your space and flow. They're going to really help attract and retain patients and this is going to have a great ROI on your investment when you increase that patient experience. So check out chiropractic office designs by crossfields and we have a special link for modern chiropractic marketing listeners and that is www.chiropracticofficedesign.com slash kevin dash christy and with that you're going to have discounts we're going to have direct links to a mega bundle of free resources and you can check them out and you can get 15 of our most popular floor plans five-phase checklist for a startup office five-point designer checklist to evaluate your current office image and there's 30% off on all online products when you go to www.chiropracticofficedesign.com slash Kevin dash Christie. Well, I've had to, since I moved to this new office like a year or so ago, when last office I had a whole little room dedicate, dedicated with like popcorn on the walls and stuff mm-hmm. for the podcasting. And um, now I'm here. I don't know if you guys can hear people out there, but I'm not the only one here. Sometimes a lawnmower goes by and I can hear it a little bit, especially with the other mic that I use. And I just say, guys, there's a lawnmower outside. I've been trying to wait for him to stop for 30 minutes. But at this point, <laughs> it's a free podcast. You're getting what you pay for, you know. Yeah. And if you can see through that, I've listened to podcasts where their audio is horrendous. <laughs> you know, I can't hear it over the hum of, a, of an airplane engine. And I'm sure it's better than that. So if they can get by with just being okay with little things here and there, it is a free podcast, but the other stuff, the paid stuff we do, I do take a little bit more attention with. Yeah, definitely. That's like even Tim Ferriss's podcast, you'll hear his dog barking sometimes. And he's just like, Oh, you know, dogs barking, (laughs) you know, whatever. I think we're all used to zoom life at this point. I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure kids and dogs and cats have come into all of our lives a little bit more than we thought. Yeah. So (laughs) No, no doubt about it. So another, another question that I get a lot that I want to ask you is, is how do you come up with your ideas for content? So recently since, so right now we're at the point where we've done so many different things, mm-hmm. uh, different topics. It really, now I'm looking at comments or, or stories, common concerns, or even phone calls that people give us where they're like, like I, I had one the other day, actually, that I, it was about degenerative disc disease. You know, someone said, I have this, you know, what stretch do I do? And I realized after 100 plus YouTube videos about probably a stretch that might help with that. Mm-hmm. I realized that the, the way it was presented to that person, number one, they might not have found it. Number two is the way it was presented to that person may not have struck with them. Let's just say if we were talking about broccoli, broccoli Mm -hmm. is good for your health, but also it makes you lose weight. So the way that I might present differently for the broccoli would be, I'm going to show you one of the best foods to lose weight. It's called broccoli. 
Or the next video might be, I'm going to show you one of the best foods to keep a nice, healthy immune system. It's called broccoli. I'm going to show you one of the, one of the ones best for uh, bone health. It's broccoli. The answer is broccoli every time. The way it's presented and for what problem you're trying to solve is different. I've had interns in here do a bunch of video shoots where I'm trying to, they wanted to do YouTube videos on their own. And so I had to help them out with some feedback. And so one person in here, it, it's funny to watch them. So they'll do a, like a plank. They'll show a plank, you know, and it's really good coaching, really good video. It's about a minute long. And at the end, she, they say, do that. And, and, I, and I say, I'm watching this whole video. What is the problem right now? Like, what, is, what problem is this person trying to solve on YouTube? Are they looking for back pain, shoulder pain, groin issues? Like, what problem are they trying to solve? So you've given them a tool, but no application. So you can remake the, the whole video over and over and over again with different uh, symptoms, problems, mm -hmm. and so on. So they give you that, if, if you just use that, you have endless amounts of content. And when people start to comment on those, you realize, oh, I did forget degenerative joint disease. Let's, okay, I'll do that one next. Mm -hmm. um, and technically you can coach the exercise in a different way to get a different value out of it. But there's a lot of ideas right on that. So there's yeah. a never ending list. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things I also recommend, you know, your patients ask a lot of good questions, you know? And so you mentioned it earlier where all of those questions your patients ask you is fodder for video. Right. And mm -hmm. so you can send them that video or you can use it as just a content idea to get to educate, educate the masses. You know, there's just so many good things out there that you can create content. I, I find it hard that you'll run out, you know, like for instance, I've had this podcast for this April will be five years. Yeah. We started in April of, of 2017 and it's a weekly every Thursday and I've yet to run out of, of ideas because a lot of times it's just interviewing interesting people or, you know, people post things in my Facebook group or I coach people and they have questions. Like it just, I feel like there's always something coming up, you know? And, and so I have yet found a time where it's like, shit, I just don't have an idea to, to, yeah. to have a podcast about. Yeah. I think podcast interview style is really nice. Cause I mean, mm -hmm. I know we have like a, a set kind of parameters, what we're trying to address this time of content mm -hmm. creation, but we could have really taken this conversation any way we wanted to. And so they could label it after the fact if they want to. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you're right. If you listen to what your patients are asking you and maybe the reasons why they're asking you like, Hey, I'm doing that exercise. Do you think it's okay to do three times a day? You know? And so on. And like, they might just be asking you, is it safe? Is it, is it, is it a high risk exercise? So you could address a whole podcast on high reward, low risk exercises for back pain. Uh, and it might be the same three exercises again, but mm -hmm. it's a different, it's a different concern point. Yeah. You could even go into a gym and show uh, potentially dangerous exercises. Right. And, and then what yeah, makes it go the what, other way? <laughs> yeah. What, what makes it potentially dangerous? What makes it not dangerous, you know, like, or what exercises are just always dangerous. Uh, you know, like you, there's all kinds of things you can do. Cause I have, I mean, think about how many patients ask about like, is this exercise good in the gym? And it's like, well, depends, you know, or, you know, and so there's just, just endless topics. Yeah. Yeah. There is, there is a lot. I know that I, I interviewed Andy Galpin one time. It was really, it was a great interview and he was talking to me about like, so he'll propose the idea, I think early in his class to his exercise science kids about a bicep curl. And, and they're all kines majors and so on. And so he says, is there anything wrong with this exercise? And people are giggling and say, like, yeah, it's a single joint, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, is what's the goal? Hypertrophy? 
then this is a great exercise. What's wrong with this? So there's endless ways to spin it in a productive way. No, exactly. So, all right. Our final question here, how, what do you recommend the, the chiropractor do to just get going on something uh, to start creating? What would be your um, strategy to, to get out of the blocks? Yeah, I think, I think if they consider like, I wish I had someone hired to do X, Y, and Z, if it's something that can be disseminated on audio or video, that might be a good starting point. Maybe nobody explains foot pain as good as you do, and you wouldn't expect your front desk to do so, but you also don't have time to talk about it with patient in full detail. So anything that, that you want to duplicate yourself for might be a good starting or something that you have a passion for or something that you're really educated about and feel comfortable speaking about. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you'll probably have a comment on this too, but the first, like you said with Tim Ferriss, the first 10 rounds you go, this is absolute garbage and you're going to throw it away. So be okay with that and just do it when you're looking like a slob because you're going to throw it away anyways, Mm -hmm. but you might as well see what the starting point is. Perfect. I like it. Yeah. You just got to get started for sure. So awesome. Great. How can our audience find you? What can you provide them in some more ways they can digest some of your content? Sure. Yeah. So you can always get in contact with with me directly. That's Seb, that's S-E-B at P2sportscare.com. P is a letter, two is a number, sports is plural. If you're looking for the podcast, it's called Restoring Human Movement. Recently, I started releasing them every two weeks because quite honestly, I didn't have the time and I didn't want to become a burden. So it is once every two weeks. At some point in there, if you're a clinician, you want to learn about premium stuff, it is in there too. There's a link in the description. Some of the other written content that you might be interested in seeing of how we scale things for the public. There are some things on our shop in our website. There's books on low back diagnosis. There's ones on low back treatment or hip diagnosis, hip treatment. Those are the ones that we recently did. I'm really proud of them, actually. One of them is like 100 pages, which is way too long, but it was a big topic. So these are ways that we, let me scale back one sec. YouTube is for cold audiences typically. And once they need a little bit more education and they're on the fence about deciding what to do, we need to get them to a point where they're learning a little bit more. That's why those ones on our website exist. They're more curated content. And then they can make an informed decision, see Kevin or me. I like it. I like it. One little, I'll, I'll kind of finish up on that is some people are afraid to give all their content away. And they're worried like, oh, well, if I give it all away, they're not going to come see me as a patient. I was like, well, that's obviously not true. They're going to need to come get you uh, for something. And and you've been someone that's been kind with giving so much of your, your content out there and then being able to package it in a certain way to where it's distilled knowledge is, is worth um, the investment in that. And so it's cool how you've been able to, to accomplish that. Oh, thank you. Cool. All right. Well, we'll have to do this again in the near future. Yes, sir. It's good seeing you again. You too, Doc. Have a good one. All right. Take care. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. Before you leave, make sure you check out our website. We've got blogs and podcasts and all kinds of great info at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com. We also have a closed Facebook group of the same name where a lot of like-minded chiropractors are workshopping ideas and making sure that we have this continual advancement of marketing, business, mindset, and just growth of your practice. So check us out, modernchiropracticmarketing.com and the Facebook group of the same name.